Welcome to Proven Improbable, where we focus on metals, mining, and more. I'm your host, Maurice Jackson. Joining us for a conversation is Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist, to discuss tax law selling, base metals, and precious metals. Mr. Fulp, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for the opportunity once again, Maurice. Mickey, in our last interview, you and I were at the New Orleans Investment Conference, and we discussed the tax law selling and the buying strategy that you like to employ during this time of year. Let's revisit this conversation for those that missed our last interview. Can you share the strategy that you have found to be effective over the years with regards to tax law selling? Yes, uh, let's discuss the methodology that we've used to determine the best days to do this. So what we've done over the course of the venture exchange history, which started in uh, basically the beginning of 2002, uh, so what would that be, 16 years of trading records now. We've gone in and we've normalized uh, every year to 0%, and then we take those and we uh, and we average the returns over the course of the year. Or for tax loss selling, we looked at the uh, patterns from November 1st to the end of January of the following year. And what we discovered is sometime uh, generally between, uh, let's say, right around December 15th, plus or minus two to three days, that is the peak of tax loss selling, and that's when the venture exchange normally has uh, a seasonal low. So the strategy is you pick good companies that have had uh, significant highs and trading at the end of the year much less and you go in and pick those off and what we discovered is you can make really good returns on uh, short-term trades from mid-December and you flip those stocks uh, in the first week of January and uh, uh, generally you're going to return something on the order if you just did the entire venture exchange about 10% on your money but with specific stocks uh, you can you can turn profits of 50% or more. Which kind of leads into a question I was about to ask you. You've already answered it, um, <laughs> which is when you purchase these, do you ever plan to hold any of these or is the strategy just to buy low, sell high? Well, my strategy would generally be to, to buy low and sell high uh, unless you're trying to accumulate a larger position. So uh, on a lot of companies I hold, uh, on say uh, core uh, holdings, I will oftentimes have uh, a position that I do not trade and then a position that I will trade in and out of. So uh, you can average down using this strategy, you can flip, you can accumulate, um, just just really depends on, uh, on your, uh, your plan and what you decide to do for each particular stock. Now, if you don't mind me asking you, this is somewhat of a personal question, but were you able to identify some quality names that were selling for a discount compared to October? Well, I certainly was. Unfortunately, I have to be honest, this year was an anomaly. And what we saw was the tax loss selling, which normally strongly uh, peaks with both volumes and, and downturn in the index right in that mid-December uh, it was really spread out and it was muted in 2017 uh, and it, it basically went from the last week of November to the third week of December. Um, there's 
some reasons for that, but we saw the highest volumes and the and the seasonal low from uh, the last week of November, and then the the year's highest volumes in total was uh, over the last five days of trading. So the last week of December here, uh, we're going to average something about 120 million shares uh, a day, which is uh, quite anomalous. So. Um, and opposed to the major markets, which uh, have very low volumes this week. So uh, there's some reasons for that. Um, one thing that kind of upset the apple cart is, um, you know, Canadians can carry back three years uh, their losses, but basically they had no profits, and, and few of us did. Uh, of any amount in 2014 and 2015. Mm -hmm. So what we saw was there weren't a lot of tax loss uh, selling moves this year. Uh, the other thing that happened, uh, I think, is because there were not accumulated losses, uh, flow through financings, which is for Canadians only and, and really uh, punish Americans in my uh, estimation. Uh, near record highs for uh, flow through financings a month of November and carrying into December. So those people aren't really uh, uh, speculators. They're people looking for tax losses, and they can do that up till the last day of December. Uh, so all that said, uh, this strategy uh, did not work as well this year as it normally would have. I had a couple of stocks on my list, and I basically uh, missed them for the most part because they uh, they hit their seasonal lows in the last week of November, first week of December. Now, just to to reiterate here, the sweet spot to buy was really the December fifteenth, couple of trading days before, and a couple of trading days thereafter. Is that correct? That's nor the normal. Normally, that's uh, uh, the way it works, and I would say that about four out of five years, it works very well that way. Uh, Twenty seventeen didn't really pan out. But the selling uh, timing is January. Give us the dates that you usually like to sell offload these, some uh, of these positions. First week of, first week of January. First week of January. People, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I showed when we were in New Orleans a couple of stocks that uh, you could have traded last year. Uh, uh, gold, Advanced Gold Explorers returned 50 to 65% over that uh it's basically a seven, eight, nine-day trading period because you got to take the holidays into account. I recall your presentation, and I looked around at the audience, and they were amazed at uh, your success. <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't work that well this year, but I, I, you know, I just didn't participate uh, to the degree that I normally would have because I missed a couple of things. Now I did make make a buy or two, uh, and. Um, and I uh, will uh, likely flip those stocks as they uh, they go on a bit of a run normally in the first week of January. Well, uh, we... the other thing I should mention that kind of upset the apple cart again this uh, this year was, uh, and I can't remember when it came in, but sometime in the last couple of months, if memory serves, is we've now gone to two-day settlements versus three-day settlements. So what that has done uh, for Canadians is it's given them a couple more days to trade. So they normally, uh, in a normal three-day settlement year, their last day of trading would have been uh, uh, last Friday, December 22nd. 
because they uh, record on the settlement date, whereas Americans record on the trade date. So with a two-day settlement, they were able to trade on uh, on the 27th, uh, which was, what, Wednesday. Uh, keeping Bearing in mind that the 26th of December is all, always a holiday for the British Empire, Boxing Day. Very interesting to note. Thank you for sharing that with us. Switching gears to base metals, can you share with us where you see the best value propositions right now? Well, base metals had uh, very good years across the board. So uh, the three major base metals, of course, are copper, lead, and zinc. Um, uh, aluminum uh, is uh, not really uh, a market that I follow because there's no companies worthwhile in junior resource sector. But uh, copper uh, returned uh, over 30% this year. It hit a uh, plus three-year high yesterday at 329, backed off a couple of cents today, or it's trading at 326 right now. Uh, zinc had returns of about the same amount, uh, a 10-year high for zinc. It's at 150 right now. Um, about a 30% return, and so did lead. Of all those metals, I am very bullish on copper for 2018. Uh, the contango, the forward curve, is very strong. It has continued to make higher highs and higher lows uh, since the yearly low, which was in, in early May at 248. Uh, and Chinese smelters have been shuttered for wintertime pollution, so uh, going forward with 3.4% annual demand increase since 1900 for copper, it is the electric metal, and uh, so I'm very bullish on copper going forward. With regards to copper, let me stop you there for a second. Do you prefer the best issuers, or are you talking about purchasing physical copper? Oh, no, this is stocks you're playing, so, uh, you know, I don't... Uh, I'm not a Chinese pig farmer. I don't hoard, hoard copper in, on my farm. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, uh, playing in the futures and options market is for the big boys, and it's not practical to accumulate physical copper. So, we're, uh, you know, I look at the commodities, and then I go and try to find stocks that meet my criteria of share structure, people, and projects. And can also get your thoughts on uranium. Well, uranium's had uh, the first positive year in quite some time. It's up about 16%. Started started the year at uh, less than $21. It's at $24 and change now. And that really has to do with su supply destruction, with uh, uh, Cameco shutting down MacArthur River and the Key Lake Mill and the Athabasca Basin, uh, Kazakhstan cut production 10% in the first quarter of 2017 and announced uh, about three weeks ago uh, further cuts, 20% cuts in production over the next three years. But that market still remains out of balance. Uh, there is a, a short-term supply surplus, but it's coming uh, because utilities have not been contracting, especially U.S. utilities. Uh, what we know from previous experience in this market, the uranium spot price can go up very quickly. Utilities wait till the last minute and then they all pile in 
to uh, to get their two to three years of uh, yellow cake ahead of themselves to keep power plants running. Um, so based on that, uh, uh, a long a longer midterm to long term bull on uranium with 60 plants under construction and something like 160 uh, in the planning and financing stage right now. Uh, but no one seems to know when it's going to happen. There is a catalyst on the horizon. Supposedly, there will be another nine reactors uh, operating restarts in Japan uh, by the uh, mid-second quarter of this year. Your thoughts regards, and with, with regards to Cameco and Kazakhstan making these moves here, what is that telling you about uranium? Well, no one can make money at twenty at twenty dollar uranium, or no one can make money at twenty four dollar uranium. So, uh, so they're losing money, and there's no reason to produce uh, pounds of yellow cake when uh, every pound you produce you lose money on. Now, Kazakhstan is is a country that's not uh, strictly a market economy. Uh, it's more important to them to keep people employed than it is to make money on their uranium product. Um, but that said, the fact that they shut down, and especially Cameco, MacArthur River was one of the lowest cost mines in the world. It's the largest uranium mine, it's highest grade uranium mine, it and Cigar Lake, also owned by Cameco. Uh, but they're losing money, so uh, uh, no reason to keep production going. Mickey, what are you sharing with your subscribers regarding precious metals? Well, gold had a very nice year. Uh, a lot of that's come in the last week or so. It's at 13.03 as we speak here for about a 13% gain on the year. Um, I am uh, looking very strongly and I've covered over the last six weeks or so three startup gold companies uh, operating in the US um, the Trump administration has very much helped uh, the industrial and precious metal industries with removal of regulations so that's kind of my sweet spot uh, over say the last year or so and I anticipate it being a sweet spot in the year coming. It doesn't mean that the uh, I'm especially bullish on the price of gold but what we found in 2017 is that the metals across the board have generally outperformed the equity markets so at some point they'll catch up. Now what are you buying right now regarding precious metals? Physical that is. Uh, pala or pardon me, uh, platinum. Uh, I bought platinum, and I hit it very uh, at just at the right spot, and it was just pure luck. I bought platinum on December fourteenth, and that's when it's hit uh, its yearly low, much more than a yearly low. I'm looking at a chart. Right now, it looks like about a uh, a two-year low for platinum at $880 an ounce, 
And that has to do with the fact it's platinum to gold ratio is at an historic high since uh, gold was floated on world markets in 1970-71. And also it is completely undervalued to the price of palladium. Only less than 4% of the time does the platinum price go below palladium. And we're looking at a ratio of uh, platinum and palladium right now, historic lows, something around 0. 0.88, 0. 0.87, something like that. So uh, platinum's undervalued. It will come back. Um, so that's been my choice for buying precious metals for quite some time now, at least over the last couple of years. Talk about anomalies and distortions. You know, we ourselves, I think there's some telepathy going on between you and I where I've been purchasing platinum the entire year, but I believe I also purchased, I believe it was on the 14th of December. <laughs> well, we both got lucky then because that was the low. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I just looked at it and I go, well, that looks like a price that I want to buy at. And, uh, and fortuitously enough, it was the, uh, uh, the yearly low, I think also uh, something around December 8th or something, or 11th, it, it also was at that price. But uh, it's gone up and up and up since then. Uh, uh, we're looking at a platinum price of 927 this morning. So um, we both bought it at uh, very nice times. We certainly did. And we know we didn't cover silver. Is silver a good buying opportunity right now? Well, silver is significantly underperformed this year, um, up something on the order of oh six or seven percent this year, something like that. So it's half performed half as well as gold. What we generally find is that silver is more volatile. I'm not much of a silver bug, uh, but there is kind of a magical number for me, and that's when the the gold-silver ratio gets above 80, and for me, that's a buy signal for silver with the idea that uh, you will trade it for gold when that when that uh, ratio normalizes a bit. So, uh, hang on a minute. I'm calculating the ratio as we speak. I believe it's, it's in the 70s. 77 right now. Yeah. So over the last month or two it's it's varied in this upper 70 from 76 to 78 so it hasn't quite reached my sweet spot yet now mickey we're not here to give investment advice but if you were beginning your investment portfolio today which would you purchase first the best mining companies or physical precious metals and why well that's a tough question because i own both uh I think that anybody with uh, net assets, significant net assets, should uh, should own at least 10 percent of their uh, of their assets. Keep them in physical gold in your physical possession. Uh, you should not conflate uh, gold with any gold stock. A lot of people try to do that, but this uh, playing in this market is the gold market, gold stocks miners or explorers is strictly speculation. I don't like gold miners because historically they have underperformed even in the 
bull market for gold from 2003 to 2014. None of the gold miners uh, returned significant dividends or um, or share price returns to their shareholders. So I prefer to play the advanced gold explorers. Mr. Fulp, you are a world-renowned speaker. Where can we see your next presentation? <laughs> well, um, I think that's probably a bit overstated. Thanks for the kind words. Uh, I will be speaking at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference here in about two and a half weeks. Um, and I hope to see a bunch of friends and make new uh, friends and and uh, lend some advice on speculating in the junior resource market. Last question for you, sir. What did I forget to ask? I don't know. <laughs> Can't really think of anything to tell you the truth. Uh, let's all have a happy new year and uh, may all your trades in 2018 be to the upside. <laughs> right. Mickey, for someone listening that wants to get more information on your work, please share the contact details. Uh, you can find me at mercenarygeologist.com. Uh, I run a free subscription newsletter, uh, but to get my stock picks, you must be a free email subscriber. Uh, I also have a robust Twitter feed at Mercenary Geo. We have about well over 63,000 Twitter followers. And uh, go to my website below my mugshot, you'll see my. Uh, 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 banner, click on that, become a free email subscriber with a, around uh, another 6,600 people who follow what I do. And last but not least, please visit our website, www.provenandprobable.com, where we interview the most respected names in the natural resource space. You may reach us at contact at provenandprobable.com. Mickey Fulp, the mercenary geologist, Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Thank you, Maurice. Thank you for joining us today on Proven and Probable. Remember to like and subscribe for more conversations with the most respected names in the natural resource space. Check out our website at www.provenandprobable.com. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.